Suji Gang, Suji Gang, Suji Gang, Suji Gang, Suji Gang, Suji Gang. Some of you don't know the name, Tooch. but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Tooch. Transformers, the last night. Tooch. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hey! <laughs> Howdy. It's time for yet another standing Stanley Tucci. Uh, I'm David. I'm Hannah, and the standitude continues. It's it's fantastic. It's getting meaty this time. Oh yeah, we've got we've got our first meaty roles for for the Tucci. Um, today yeah. we're talking about his his three appearances on Miami Vice, um, which is the most eightiesist thing uh, to ever eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible just how 80s this show is. Um, we've watched some 80s-ass shows before in our time on this podcast, but uh, this this one might take the cake. No, yeah. Um, he, so Stanley Tucci was in uh, three episodes of the show. The first episode was just sort of a, a casual walk-on role. Yeah. Um, but then they loved him so much that they brought him back for the season four premiere for a, you know, a starring villain role for the episode. And then they wrote that episode and they were like, this guy is so sexy that we need to write a whole episode about him seducing the female lead of the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much that. So that's... <laughs> That's the story. Um, so, of course, Miami Vice, in typical 80s cop show fashion, has an obsession with, you know, Italian crime families, right? Oh, yeah. So that, I think, is is where the Tooch comes in, and he comes in clutch. Oh, yeah. But his, his first role is not as a mobster, but just as... You know, a typical suburban dad. He's a dad. He's Stephen DeMarco. Mr. Right. DeMarco, who just wanted a little Colombian baby, and so he got one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing an Italian accent, but he doesn't have any kind of accent in this role. It's no, just not regular Tucci just, like, talking. He's the regular, he's the regular yeah. Tucci. This is, this is the 1986 episode of Baby Blues. Uh, I believe it's in season three. Do do you... yes, season three. It's you know it's a cheeky little episode. It opens immediately with like a bunch of babies being kidnapped in Colombia um, yeah. from their mothers, and then cuts to like a year later, and the mother is distraught and in the you know um, talking to the police, talking to our our vice crew trying to find this child, and they're like, you know, have any birthmarks? You know, this is not going to turn up anything. But then, little did they know, they run into the uh, Famiglia crime crime guy, criminal lawyer, um, who is sneaking in entire plane loads of babies, just crates of babies. Yeah, but only the cute one. No, I don't think he discriminates. I think he's just like, we get, I, you want a baby? I get That's you a baby. That's what the whole... No, that's what the whole opening was. He like was like, nah, take that one back to its mother. It's hideous. <laughs> get right, that yeah. shit out of here. Right. <laughs> Only the cute babies get to get a Porsche for Only their 16th the birthday. Good babies. Um, but uh, you know, the whole thing is that sometimes he brings the babies in these crates. Sometimes they don't make it. These poor babies. Uh, and he's like a heartless. He's this heartless lawyer type. Just like. Commits a lot of murder, also. Right, very casual, very casual murders. Um, <laughs> he's the type of guy who, you know, if you're like a witness uh, who is threatening to 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 um, take the stand against him, he will just sneak through the air vents with a gun <laughs> to shoot you himself. As a lawyer who makes, you know, fifty 
$1,000 a day. Well, but so, you know, he, he does a witness intimidation, and that's where the Tooch comes in, because oh, the Tooch yeah. is willing to testify against this lawyer, saying, like, oh, yeah, he was always kind of slimy. I never liked him. He's a pig, he says. Yeah. This familia guy, he's a pig. The first son I, we adopted through him, he died. And so he's like, don't worry about it. I'll get you another baby. Right, yeah. And he gets him another baby, and he's like, I'm glad to have this baby, but that guy's weird. Right. And he doesn't really seem that, like, worried about the idea that if these criminal charges, like, go through, they might lose their new daughter. Um, yeah. They don't seem particularly worried about that, but, you know, that might be a character choice. He might be, you know, I want out of this marriage, I never wanted this kid, I just did it, you know, because the wife... <laughs> Yeah, so the, the lawyer intimidates them. Tucci refuses to to testify. Right. We don't see the we don't see the intimidation. I have I have my own little headcanon about this appearance because I see the acting going on, right? Yes. There's a lot of acting happening. Yeah. And so we've got we've got Tucci here, right? He's playing this guy DeMarco, clearly an Italian guy. Mm-hmm. But when he's talking about Famiglia, he calls him three different names. He calls him Famiglia, Familia, and Famigla. Um, so he's like Wait, purposefully really? mispronouncing the, this guy's name. I don't, go back and watch the episode. He's, I can see, I can see his process. He's purposefully mispronouncing this guy's name, almost like he's trying to convince the cops that he is not of Italian descent. And the reason why is Hannah, be get ready. He is the twin brother. Of Frank Mosca in witness protection. <laughs> That's why he has access to like $50,000 just lying around to buy a kid off the black market. Yeah. And he didn't seem that worried about it at first. And then we don't see how he gets threatened. But I think he got threatened by this uh, Famiglia guy coming to his house and saying, Hey, look, well, you know... You can take the stand, but you're going to have to reveal your true identity. Oh, my God. And I got ties to the Mosca crime ah, family. Yeah, it's, it's a good headcanon, David. I like the connections. <laughs> <laughs> no, well... Well, notice that the, none of the characters who see uh, DeMarco, I believe, none of the characters who see DeMarco and talk to him uh, ever meet Frank Mosca. So... It doesn't contradict that, you that know, is... that they would see somebody who looks like DeMarco, who looks identical to him. That is true. The the female <laughs> officers have switched switched about by season four. Right. <laughs> so it's 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 totally it it's totally plausible. Um, firmly headcanon. Um. Yeah. So so that pretty much wraps up. Uh, the Tooch in, in Baby Blues. Though I do want to make a note of this episode does end with the extrajudicial killing of the uh, lawyer. I don't think that's extrajudicial at all. Like, I think it's pretty suspect if you're crawling around in the vents with a gun. I no, think that's, yeah. I think that that's a justified police shooting. <laughs> I don't know. I would maybe disagree. They all these episodes just end with the He's police. What? Who who's crawling around in the air vents with a gun besides you know uh, uh, you know Die Hard I besides mean, Bruce Willis? <laughs> probably a guilty person, but I also don't think the cops should shoot him. That's just gonna be my stance on that. Right. Well, he would have shot. He would have shot them. I mean, he had a gun. He didn't put the gun down. Anyway. They didn't de-escalate. I'll give you that. Yeah. But uh, but I think this is. 
if there's ever a case where it's propaganda, David. If you pop out into a room and there's a bunch of cops and they're like, "Freeze!" Are you gonna shoot at them? Or are you gonna be like, "Okay, shit, you got me." Like, you know, I'm just saying. Well, I don't know, but he didn't drop the gun immediately, so he was either really stunned, and people who are stunned can do pretty, uh, pretty crazy things. <laughs> I don't know. We're getting way off track. Let's get back to the tooch. Let's talk about the tooch. So now we we get two recurring roles in season four, Contempt of Court and Blood and Roses. Right. And they sort of happen on opposite ends of this season. Uh, Contempt of Court is the season four opener. He's like bookending like the, the core of the show, like the heart of the show. This, the show ran for how many uh, seasons total? Hold on, let me check. It had five seasons. Uh, okay. It, it ran for five seasons. So this was season four. It's like just after, you know, we've we've hit our peak and we bring in the Tooch to bookend our, our you yeah. know, season four. There are some uh, random-ass YouTube compilations out there calling Frank Mosca Miami Vice's greatest villain. Yes! I'm so excited that that is, that, that is the truth. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to provide, like, links to those or something. Yeah. <laughs> But I think he is a great villain. I think he he's is. very suave. Very charming. He's, he's very, very classy. Tooch. You can see a video of him uh, behind me if you're watching the video <laughs> version, casually lighting what I think it's a napkin on fire to make it do that thing where it, it's in a tube and it flies up in the air from the, the hot air. Yeah. And he's doing this as he's being arrested, casually. Casually. The, I think casual is. Business casual is his aesthetic. Oh yeah, for sure. As a mobster, he's oh, not yeah. you know your, he's not your psychopathic you know uh, Pacino type uh, no. mobster. He's not uh, he's not your extremely dignified you know classic classic Italian mobster like in uh, in The Godfather. He's just like he's just like business casual. Yeah. Which, you know, feels very 80s. Like, that. if the, if the 80s were anything, it's definitely business casual. <laughs> business casual. Business casual. Right, so the episode opens with him getting arrested, which is, is pretty atypical for a Miami Vice story. Right. Um, it's not a courtroom drama show. It's more about the investigations, typically. Uh, so this is like a really interesting case that it's, this is the guy, we know he's guilty, we've got him dead to rights, but he's a very powerful man, he's got a lot of connections. Yeah. So the whole episode is this courtroom drama uh, with some investigation on the side. And and I think what you were saying, you know, the, the title is Contempt of Court, and you know, it's, right. it's working on multiple levels, David. Absolutely. Because uh, Stanley Tucci's Frank Mosca, you know, is very contemptuous of the whole court process. He's very casual about it and disrespectful. Right. He's passing candy around the whole time and, like, throwing snacks right. to the gallery. Um, but then we also get a uh, detective, the main detective. Yeah, Sonny. Sonny, who just will not give up the inside man. He will not give up the source. And he gets actually held in contempt of court for doing so. Right. So it's it's this ironic thing where he respects the law and he respects the position but he's being held in contempt of court, whereas this guy, this mobster, he's got no respect for the court. Yeah. He's he's very flippant. Uh, here are just a few of the things that he casually does, which are amazing to me. Yeah. Um, he he uh, <laughs> he's 
passing around delicious chocolates in his first uh, courtroom scene. Uh, he, he's uh, casually chewing gum while discussing information with his lawyer, who's uh, eating an ice cream on the street. He's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, throwing chocolates across the room to people who want to eat some delicious chocolate. <laughs> he's... Uh, He's laughing and his, his folks are clapping for him when something, uh, you know, something goes his way. And, uh, uh, oh, there was one other thing. What was the, like, the, what, what else happened? I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. No, it was the, the exploding envelope. That was it. The exploding envelope? Which part was this? Oh, you missed that part? It was, it was, um, about, like, halfway through the episode, um... The, they're holding up as evidence a, an envelope that had, like, the insignia of his business on it, like, to submit it to evidence. And uh, the prosecutor puts it down on the table, and it starts smoking, and then they're like, get down! And then it explodes and sprays glitter everywhere because, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he is a little Joker-ish. Maybe yeah. he's a little bit like, uh, like the Joker. <laughs> he loves to pull pranks. <laughs> And it's like, that alone would get you contempt of court, I yeah, feel. Like, I guess sure. they couldn't prove that it was him who tampered with that evidence, right. but... Oh, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not it's good. It's crazy to me. But, but so the main thrust of the, the, the episode is trying to protect witnesses from Frank Mosca, right. who is trying to um, silence everyone. Oh, that's another thing he does. He, like, openly brags in the courtroom, because he, at first he's got bail, and then his bail gets revoked, and so he has to go sit in prison yeah. during the trial and uh he's like great tell giuliano's to send a steak over and like you know it's just like yeah give me all this stuff in prison and then he like gets it not a steak hannah it's more italian than that it it? was veal cutlets veal cutlets and and, call giuliano's make sure they know where to send the veal cutlets oh and lewis don't don't forget forget the the cannoli cannoli. Of the Godfather scene where they say like take the gun, leave the cannoli. This is don't forget the cannoli. <laughs> don't forget the cannoli. Um, it's uh, it's great. too much. I mean, look, we're in a period in Duji's career where he is really pigeonholed into a particular role, and he elevates it for sure. He makes the most of it. He makes the most of it, but he's going to escape this eventually, and he's yeah. going to stop for the most part playing into harmful. Italian stereotypes. <laughs> that being said, if we're gonna have harmful Italian stereotypes, let them be played by Stanley Tucci. Please, I beg of you. The Tucci five ever. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he does an incredible job. Yeah, so he, he gets a, a witness killed in this one. That's what happens. Yeah, well, he, you know, he's looking for, like, the mole in his organization, and, you know, for, for one person, he's just like... Hey, you didn't uh, rat on me, did you? Yeah. And he's like, no. And he's like, look me in the eye. Did you rat on? Did you rat on me? No, I didn't. So your conscience is clear. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, my conscience is clear. And he's like, oh, all right. And he starts walking Pats away. Him on the he face turns around or... with a silenced pistol. Just shoots him. <laughs> shoots him cold. And and then he's like, well, now 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 I guess your conscience is gonna be clear forever. <laughs> uh, and then Either he was way. wrong. Because it wasn't that guy. He wasn't the It whole. wasn't that guy, but that's not the point. He was trying to strike fear in the hearts, you know? Mm, yeah. He was setting an example. 
Yeah, but the guy who it was is friends with Sonny. Sonny knows right. the, the kid, too, who's like a, a football champ or something, who who wears the same shirt for like 13 days. Well, he doesn't have a father anymore to tell him to <laughs> change, change his, his shirt. Because Frank Mosca's guys killed him. Where were you? I was at the playoffs. The big game. <laughs> the big game. <laughs> Um, I love the line that he has where he's talking to his lawyer and the lawyer's like, please don't kill the witnesses. Just, like, tell me their names and I will discredit them on the stand. Yeah. And he's like, that may be the way they do it and have it. And then he kisses him on the cheek. <laughs> it's such a Tucci moment. Yeah. He's so suave. Like, there, he just has so much charisma. And, like, I think this role in, in both this episode and in Blood and Roses just, like, really showcases, like how charismatic and, like, scene-stealing he really is. Yeah. Because, like, no, he he's doing for sure. deplorable things, but you're like, I just want to watch more, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. You would watch a whole show just about him yeah. as the leader of the Moscow. You, you know, he could have been Tony Soprano. Oh, yeah. Like, he's that kind of... Except for, no, he's too... He, he's not, like, gritty and down-to-earth enough to be, uh, you know, Tony. He would have to be, like... The classy version of Tony. He's like... Tony with class. <laughs> He's like Don Draper merged with Tony Soprano. Yes. That is that is a fantastic description. That is exactly what's going on. Oh, and he's... I mean, he's being like... He's in Miami, obviously, right. because he's just there for, like, his home. But we should specify, he's very much a New Jersey Italian crime family guy. Yes, he's he's expanding the money laundering and murdering. Right. <laughs> he's expanding the money laundering and the murdering into new territory. Um, yeah. But he's also, you know, he funds the New, new Jersey's leading charities. He does. Right? That's what the, the lawyer said. It's like, he's the president of a successful corporation. He, he donates to charity. He's a great guy. He's such a good guy. <laughs> but he, he gets this witness killed. He, he gets him, like, arrested on, like, trumped-up charges so that he gets put in prison. And then, I guess, has the guard kill him? It's unclear. No, no, no. It is the guard. Okay. The guards kill him when they're taking him out to be released into police custody. Yeah. And they, you know, there's this great shot of of like watching Sonny is like trying to see him like walking out, and he walks just out of frame and just out of the frame where you can see him through the like mirror things that security guards use. Yeah. Um, the like rounded mirror, whatever. Yeah. He he walks just out of sight around a corner, and then you just hear stab. Um, and then scream, and it's 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 pretty good. Um, but then the kid is really distraught. Yes, very distraught, and he comes at him with the gun when he's coming out of the courtroom. Right, because there's a mistrial. There's a mistrial because right? they get to one of the jurors and they bribe right. him. Which you know, kind of a bad system where by bribing a jury member, you actually get yourself out of prison, <laughs> as opposed to getting yourself in more prison. Like your bail, your bail gets offered again instead of having your bail taken even more away and you know whatever. right it's it's very interesting and, and while his his bail was revoked the first time he's like sitting there reading a newspaper yeah, very casual like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is also they set his bail at like a million dollars and he's like yeah great right. whatever <laughs> you know like yeah i got a game of racquetball later <laughs> hey uh sunny you do you play racquetball <laughs> i got a court at seven hey but yeah, so so the the kid tries to to shoot him as he's leaving the courthouse, and Sonny is like, 
We, we gotta stop. You, you can't... Don't throw your dad's whole thing away. If you do this, we'll never get him. He, he wanted you to not be in prison. Well, he wanted you to not be in prison. Plus, you know, he, he wants this guy to go to prison. And he's gonna go to prison soon. We promise. We just gotta get another, like, trial together. And the kid finally, like, acquiesces. And we guess everything is fine? Question mark. I think the real highlight of this episode is just seeing Tucci in prison where he still looks fabulous. Oh, yeah. And is still, like, so in control. He's just eating, like, fully catered, you know, veal dinner. And he's wearing, like, a suit in prison where everyone else is in, like, you know, a normal prison garb. And, like, a, like a silk robe and slippers and, like... Just like bottles of alcohol, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, just, course. just not hiding at all the fact that this is like you know, get me the nice cell yeah. movie. <laughs> so what about his triumphant return? Eighteen episodes later, in the nineteenth episode of season four, Blood and Roses, uh, the team is on a stakeout of this other guy named Cook, his mansion, and uh, who should turn up? But Frank Mosca, we've got the Tooch back in the picture. Yeah. He just wanders back into the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, is strange because they did say they were going to try to charge him again. I guess they couldn't get any dirt on him because uh, there was no more moles left. He killed them all because he's that good. I guess, I guess. Which is, like, kind of sad for that kid because <laughs> they promised him that they were going to get him. Yeah, pretty sad for that kid. We don't even, we don't meet him in this episode No, he doesn't come like, back. To be like, we got him. <laughs> yeah, no, no sort of closure there at all. Right. But this is an episode where one of the cops is undercover as Gina Troiano from South from Philly. South Philly. Um, and she says, yeah, my... <laughs> and, uh, you know, because immediately uh, the Tooch is smitten with this undercover cop yeah. uh, for drama's sake. And so he's, like, trying to figure out, you know, who she is, where she's from. And he's like, oh, you're from South Philly. You know, my cousin has a, <laughs> a cheesesteak place, because, of course, he's Italian. On Broad and Pine. Philly, <laughs> where else? Right. And she says, um, like, oh, yeah. oh, you know, on a date, it was hold the onions. But otherwise, smother it. And they say smother it at the same time. And it's like they're meat cute. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the, the other Mark that is, like, trying to hit on her. And, you know, he's slimy and, like, pawing at her. But Tucci's Not like just... this guy who loves onions. Yeah. And by the way, Hannah, it's time for the Tucci fun fact of the week. Oh, my God. It's coming in right here. I'm so uh, excited. Because it's relevant. This is our Tucci fun fact of the week. Uh, when asked what his favorite smell was, Stanley Tucci said basil or sautéing onions. So maybe working a little bit of his character into the script <laughs> that he loves <laughs> onions. I feel so blessed to know this fact right now because those are very good smells <laughs> and I have to agree with Stanley Tucci on this one. Basil or sautéed <laughs> I mean if you ever smell that shit cooking and you you walk out you're ready for a meal you know like it's it's some good shit. What, what a master. <laughs> master craftsman. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just still reeling from this amazing fun fact. Um, yeah, so they, they strike up a romance, an undercover romance. You know, she's she's playing him, trying to get him to reveal secrets. And uh, she's undercover as an interior designer. And he, he checks out her history and it all clears. And they go on some dates and he's very suave and, you know, invites her over. And uh, he's like, I've got this house with all these rooms that need decorating. Like, any advice? <laughs> and she's like, well, how about this style or that style? Uh, she suggests Art Deco. And he goes, no, no, no. I don't want anything old. Only new. Art Deco, Art Schmecko, he yeah, says. He does. Because, because this character is a poet. In, in an earlier scene, he says, interior design? That would be fine. I made a little rhyme. <laughs> So I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's very possible that he uh, improvised some of these takes, or at least put his own spin on them. Because who's writing that? It's great though. <laughs> who's writing that for Tucci? Yeah. If he's not writing that for himself, uh, I just don't know. Um, but yeah. So uh, then they they bond over minimalism, and she makes some right. like fun jokes uh, about charging more for it. They're really hitting it off. They've got some chemistry. Like, they really do. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, Sonny is like, this guy's dangerous. If he makes you, he'll kill you. And, uh, you know, is is very much worried for his... Are they love interests? I don't know enough about Miami Vice to know. They are They are love interests because they do kiss later in the episode. They do. And I think it's supposed to be a romantic culmination of their, of their Will they, won't friendship they? and workplace relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she's she's too far she's too she's in too deep, right? Um, we have to talk about the uncomfortable part now. Well, yeah, I mean this is, I mean this is a show written in the eighties, and I think probably written by men. Almost a hundred percent written by men. There's a scene where uh, both characters, you know, Gina and uh, Frank are are drunk. Uh, they're both drunk and they're dancing around in the apartment. He's clearly trying to make a pass at her and because she's an undercover cop, she keeps saying, no, no, no I'm not into it, I'm not into it. Uh, and then they, like, he, he he just starts, like, sort of blazing past her... Uh, Boundaries. Her lack of consent. Yeah. It's definitely some minor sexual assault, if not implied rape. And so then the next scene that we see her, obviously she's traumatized, and like I was like, oh, wow, that's like quite a place for a network TV show to go. In the 80s. But then, right, in the 80s. Um, but then, like, immediately afterward, it, it, it's a conversation between the two female cops, the two female detectives, and it's... Do you want to explain it? Like it's it's bad. It's 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 just very bad. Gina says to the the other female cop, she's like, "I'm in too deep. Like I I I shouldn't have let it get this far." Right. And then she's like, "It's not your fault. Like we all make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> as women, and it's like <laughs> no, 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 our no. female gender does make us sometimes be attracted to bad bad boys." Well, it's not even that. She's just like. You know, sometimes we just make bad mistakes. We're women. <laughs> like, literally, it's just like, it's just like, we're women. We're dumb sometimes. Our hormones. Like, they literally say hormones. And also, like, I was very confused about what she was traumatized about because it, one part seemed like she was traumatized about being sexually assaulted, 
but it also seems like she was maybe traumatized because she was actually had like feelings for this guy. Right. That seems to be what the implication was, was that we're supposed to instinctually think that she feels shame that she was taken advantage of, but instead we're seeing that she is feeling shame that she allowed herself to fall for the bad boy right. of, of the tooch, the raw sexual energy of Stanley Tucci um, just overtook her and defeated her professionalism and so her career has been compromised. It's just so wildly problematic in so many ways that it's just like Intensely. so unsympathetic to women in general and like sexual assault victims and survivors as like a subgroup of women and it's it's just... It's bad, and the writers no, should bad. feel bad. Um, but what does it say about the Tooch, you know, about his performance, that someone would decide that when writing a story about a woman going undercover with a sicko murderer-like psychopath guy, uh, <laughs> that, that their first instinct in how to write it is, yeah, but what if actually... She just falls completely in love, love with him. him immediately. Yeah. And then when he rapes her, it's fine. Like, it's... Right. She doesn't have a problem with that. It's that she kind of loves right. him. She's, like... she's Yeah, she's, like, even, you know, thinking about going... Getting even more serious with him. Right. Uh, until he, he finds her out that she's a cop. Right. And there's a strange moment at the end, like, after he's found her out, uh, where, you know, he's got her, like, in a warehouse, and it's, you know, implied yeah. that he's gonna try to kill her or something. She asks, like, how long have you known? He's like, well, I didn't know Unt until after I'd already <laughs> had you. And she's like, ugh, you pig. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like, a, a little too late, you know? <laughs> right, well, it's a little crass yeah. to, to say, it's, you know... Come on, you can't just talk about it in public. But, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, it is a weird way to end that character arc for this multiple-episode villain. <laughs> it's just to be like, but also, we had we had sex. And I think there was also a joke where it's like, where the cop yells at him, like, get on the ground! He's like, oh, you guys love that, Yeah, oh my god, it's, like, really <laughs> terrible about the fact that he took advantage of this woman. And, like, it's totally, you know, like, he he's the bad guy. It's not portrayed as, like, oh, what a no. swell guy saying that shit. But, like... Right. I guess maybe it is portrayed that way in that he does call to apologize the next day. He's like... Oh, oh yeah. He's just so overcome with your beauty. <laughs> and alcohol. Yeah, sent her flowers and, you know, like, sends a guy to pick her up. And, like, it's... it's very strange and uncomfortable. But this was his first big villain role. Yeah. He does some murder in this one. Yeah. He's going to be a worse guy than than even just a mobster rapist. Like, in the future, he's going to be an even worse person yes. in The Lovely Bones. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We then talk about how we say goodbye to Frank Mosca really fast. Oh, that's right. Um, so Frank yeah. Mosca, you know... He he kills an under he kills a cop he's paying off he kills the the romantic interest from the beginning who he was also trying to be in business with um, and then he finds out that his girlfriend is a cop so he's trying to kill her and then she and the two other cops Sonny and Rico all gang up on him and uh, he casually rides up this like 
material elevator yeah. in this factory, and he's just like very, very suave while he's doing it. Yeah, but then he gets killed. Um, he gets right. shot. He gets shot by you know Gina. Yeah, and it's like her revenge. But, like, also, because there's, like, this strange, like, look between Gina and Sunny at the end where Sunny's like, you shot him. But she's like, and she's like, I did shoot him. But, like, you shot that other guy and it was fine. I feel like you shoot people a lot on Miami Vice. Like, I I don't understand what the problem here is. (laughs) Anyway, so, so we say goodbye to Frank Mosca with his death. Uh, that's that's a series wrap on Stanley Tucci for Miami Vice. That's a wrap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that's it. This is this was his first big chunky meaty role. Yeah, let's do some yeah. Tucci news and then we'll talk about what we're gonna jump into next next time on Standing Stanley Tucci. It's Tucci news. Tucci news. Um, okay, so in the last week, what we've had in terms of Tucci news was a return to his. Uh, his, his very controversial I Take Responsibility PSA. Well, you say it like he was the only one in it. There were lots of celebrities. Right, but he, but he was featured in it. Yes. And, uh, and maybe he had some role in writing it. I don't know. I, I don't know who is responsible for it, but <laughs> if you want to check it out, it is very cringe. It is, like, the definition of cringe. Yeah, it's, But it was, you, you know, know, following... Uh, following the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, a bunch of white celebrities, uh, including uh, yeah, Kristen Bell, Aaron Paul, I yeah, think. from Breaking Bad. I can't remember who. Basically, else. like all your white faves, including Stanley Tucci. But a bunch of them came together to just be like, "I am white. I'm part of the problem," <laughs> which is not, which doesn't really change anything to just go. On the internet and say I am a racist. Yeah. By accident, not on purpose. Yeah. It's it's nothing. Right. <laughs> it would be better to be left unsaid. Uh, in fact, and to just actually do things, uh, you know, that help, uh, you know, black actors, yeah. black. You know, and this filmmakers. Is, and, right, this is from several months ago. This is from uh, June. Right, but apparently, immediately afterward, uh, Phoebe Robinson had a call out, and so this is this is the Decider article titled "Phoebe Robinson Calls Out Stanley Tucci's I Take Responsibility PSA," saying, "Quote, explain yourself." <laughs> uh, and this was August seventeenth, which uh, is such a written up by Claire Spellberg. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> it's a very clickbaity title. Uh, sure. Sure, but she does she does call him out she does. Uh, in reality. She does. She says, Tucci, where are you at, boo? Yeah. Explain yourself. <laughs> which is which is, you know, maybe he should. Because we all want more from Stanley Tucci, because we all love him and stan him and want him to to do the right thing. Of course. Uh, right. And so, you know, Phoebe just wants the best from the Tooch, as do we all. Right. That being said, Tucci and th- I mean we may we may explore this in more depth, but he has absolutely zero social media presence he is very boomer mindset yes. in terms of the internet he does not know what he is doing <laughs> so he, it's not like he would just you know see this video calling out the the psa and then tweet back at phoebe robinson being like yeah no it is a little cringe lol right you know big mood whatever he would not say that he would just sort of 
slink into the shadows and say... <laughs> I'm going to go work on my weird movies now. Right, exactly. He'll go work on his weird movies. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the video, uh, you know, just to quote from the article, um, Phoebe says, Yeah, they feel bad they don't have black friends. Um, <laughs> and, right. Which, I know, don't know if that was the point of the thing. It was more like, you know, we contribute to racism by, you know by not challenging the status quo or whatever. Right, but that's part of it. I don't I don't remember them saying anything about like I need more black. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But that is that is a super yikesy weird thing to say <laughs> as a white person. Cuz there's nothing preventing you from having black friends. It is so easy <laughs> to be friends with people. Yeah. <laughs> um it's just putting yourself out there. Right. But so, you know, like Phoebe Robinson goes on to say, um, I, I think if you want to be more, you, you want to be more inclusive, hire people of color, support black businesses, do something that's actually going to impact the lives of people instead of just shooting a video in black and white like you went to film school. <laughs> right, which he did. He went to theater school, David. <laughs> um, also, I didn't say, for those of you who don't know who Phoebe Robinson is, she's from Two Dope Queens and... She's been in some films as well, mm-hmm. um, you know. I think I think she might be our first example of a whomst we also in a, a segment we call whomst we also stand. Yes. Oh, can I can I add a whomst we also stand to this uh, to this particular episode? Lay it on. Uh, me. G- Edward James Olmos is in Miami Vice. Oh, absolutely, I, Edward James Olmos. I, another whomst I also stand. Another whomst we also. He played. Uh, the character Lieutenant Martin Castillo uh, on on the Miami Vice episode. Um, This was also one of his first big meaty roles. Uh, He was on Hill Street Blues before that, but before that he was mostly playing, you know, drunks and and druggies on, in, you know, random uh, episodes of television. Of course, you might uh, know Edward James Olmos from his role as Jaime Escalante in Stand and Deliver, where he teaches calculus to the the inner city teens, or I don't know if they are inner city. What, the poor and 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 uh, and forgotten teens. Yeah. He has an asteroid named after him. Well, asteroid five six zero eight almost. I'm pretty sure that's for his role in Battlestar Galactica. As uh, I believe you are right. General uh, but before before he was offered the role on Battlestar Galactica, he was actually offered the role. To star in Star Trek: The Next Generation as oh, the captain, shit. and turned down that role probably because he knew that Battlestar Galactica would be the one that really stands the test of time critically, and he said, "I will be Commander Adama." David, are you sure about that comment? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think we I think it is good to stand uh, Edward James almost. Yeah. Though. Uh, you know, please let us know if he's for some reason the most problematic person we've never heard of. But <laughs> right, he might be. I don't know. I just did like very surface level right, research. But, but uh, he 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 has always been a guy who wants to elevate la- Latino roles, mm-hmm. Latinx roles for film and television. You know, he played a Supreme Court justice on West Wing. He played that's right. You know, did. commanders and captains mm-hmm. and police officers and. And lieutenants. Like he's got a very he's got gravitas. He's got you know just like this 
quiet sense of command. Like, you know, his lieutenant is not one of these, like, barking, yelling orders all the time uh, lieutenants that you often see on, on, like, crime TV shows. It's very understated with just sort of, like, here are the facts, here are the rules, and we're going to stick to them. Uh, kind of no nonsense yeah. No, absolutely. He does a lot of voice work because of his his very commanding voice. Yeah. And uh, he, he puts his money where his mouth is as well. Uh, in 2001, he was arrested for protesting the uh, the Navy bombings, the, the practice bombings that they were doing in Puerto Rico. Hell yeah. Um, and he spent 20 days in jail, which I think, you know... Props to him for that. Uh, on the front lines, direct action. On the fr- and he was also out with a broom after the Rodney King uh, um, protests in 1992 to sweep up. I like the phrase, out with a broom. Yeah, very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, so that, that I think wraps it up for whomst we also stand. Uh, so Phoebe right. Robinson and Edward James Olmos, hats off to both of you for, for this week's episode. Very much so. David, what are we diving into next time? I believe the next on our list is the uh, cult classic horror movie Monkey Shines. Ooh, I'm ready. Uh, in which Tucci has a small role, but we will, as usual, read way more into it than, uh, <laughs> than is normal or natural, because... We stand. We, we stand, stand an absolute king. We do. And we'll hit you with more stand knowledge on standing Stanley Tucci. See you next time. Bye bye. Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers: The Last Night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. Don't forget the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs>